Hello beautiful humans, this is Alicia from Ethical Wellness Programs and you are listening to the Heal in Motherhood podcast, the show that combines the science of the mind-body connection and trauma research along with spiritual teachings and practical tools to help women heal their lives from the inside out and reclaim their inner goddess while showing up as the person, parent and partner they came here to be. If you like what you hear on today's show, please don't forget to leave us a review on the iTunes podcast app so that we can grow our community and impact as many women's lives as possible. Hello and welcome everybody. I'm so excited for this episode. Today we got Cynthia on the show and she is the creator of Embodied Ritual and she has cultivated a deep passion for dance and embodiment through a lifelong journey of self-expression, development and healing. And after 20 years of dance training, six ongoing years of embodied education involving her spiritual growth since 2012, and recently studying the subconscious mind, Cynthia has been cultivating a holistic approach to integrate the body, mind and spirit as a whole. And now she is helping conscious mamas to regulate their nervous system through dance and spiritual embodiment so they can express their true essence, align with their higher calling and finally become the parent they've always dreamed of being. So welcome, Cynthia. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, thank you so much for having me. This is really exciting. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. (laughs) So you're a dance teacher and an embodiment coach, and Mm -hmm. I'd really love to hear a little bit about your journey. But first, I'd really like to unpack for any listeners that don't really know what embodiment coaching is or what it means would you be able to just sort of dive a little bit deeper into what that sort of really looks like and entails for us yeah so if we look at embodiment of course there I feel like there are actually a few different definitions although at its core it really revolves around who we are and who we're being in terms of our state, in terms of our thoughts. I mean, our body, mind, and spirit is really what makes up the wholeness of our embodiment. And when someone begins to work with a coach or go on an embodiment journey, there's a transition from being unconsciously embodied because us as human beings, we are born in a body, we are always embodied, yet maybe our consciousness is what is disembodied. And so when we go about our lives being unconsciously embodied, and then we begin to intentionally dive into work of embodiment, then we become consciously embodied. We become more aware of who we are, who we're being, and we carry ourselves and we are in specific states and in relationship to each other. And of course, it's multi-layered with, you know, age, where we live in the world, our culture, our background you know, everything really makes up who we are. And yeah, I think it's a really beautiful process for people to really um, dive into why they want to make changes in their life 
And when they start to connect with themselves through the body, it's like there's deeper level that starts to emerge of who they are and who they think they are to be. When someone comes to an embodiment coach to, you know, help themselves build greater self-awareness and to develop themselves as a person, it's really key to come to the body as a body-based practice because the body is something that has been that we've become disconnected, especially in our modern society. So yeah, like body-based is very key in embodiment. And I just really wanted to highlight that because there's a lot of speak of embodiment, especially in, you know, conscious communities and, and spiritual circles. And so, yeah, coming back home to the body and having a deeper understanding of who we are as bodies. Mm. That's like it in a nutshell. Yeah. I love that. And what I'm hearing you say is it's very different from just doing the mindset work because a lot of coaches, I feel like embodiment is quite new and it's quite sort of new age coaching, if you like. And what we've done in the past from a very sort of masculine point of reference is done a lot of the mindset work and a lot of people do the mindset and the beliefs and all of those things, which is great and very, very useful. But I feel like embodiment is going that one layer deeper and it's getting more to the core essence or the true essence of what it is, who you actually are and what you said, like going from um, that doing level to that being level. So more in the level of who we're being instead of just changing our habits of what we're doing, it's actually changing us from more of this core level of like the essence of who we are and actually diving deeper into the body. And that's why it makes sense, I guess, that you do bring that nervous system regulation side into the embodiment practice. Would you say that that's like the core of what embodiment practice is or because some embodiment practices aren't as explicit to the nervous system let's say embodiment could also be seen as a field of body-based studies like martial Mm. arts like dance like comedy improv and so many other things and so even though it's not explicitly Speaking about the nervous system, there are different tools and techniques that each of those body-based practices can help with regulating our nervous system or activating it in a more controlled environment that they can calibrate and all of that. Mm. The way that dance, uh, my main core embodiment practice has helped me throughout my entire life, I've come to realize is being able to regulate my nervous system and process emotions, and also, you know, awaken my creativity. Yet, if we are dysregulated in our nervous system, then the creativity is not going to come through. Mm. So yeah, I've come to realize, especially in motherhood, Mm. that a regulated nervous system is crucial. It's so crucial. Yeah, that's a lot of the work that I do as well. You know, that's really where it sort of begins, I guess, is if we can't regulate ourselves, then um, we're going to find it difficult to then not feel triggered by our children and show up the way we want to show up for our kids, right? So 
I definitely feel like this is really powerful work, um, especially, like you say, in parenthood and in motherhood. So, yeah, thank you for showing up and doing this work and helping mamas because we all need it. (laughs) Yeah. And there's something that just came into my mind that I feel like in the broad, if there was like one big umbrella term that I can throw in here is that embodiment really helps expand awareness and give choice to everyone, regardless Mm. of what embodiment practice you're doing. That's really at the core of it, of being aware of how things are happening and being able to build a range of having more choices in in order to experience a different way of being. And Mm. I think that, you know, with nervous system regulation and being able to choose and practice the skills of showing up differently is able to build that range. Yeah. And expand ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that word expand. Cause it is, it's like building that capacity to hold space for more stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I love yeah. that. So what's been your journey then? What, how did your sort of dance and embodiment journey kind of weave together? It really came together in university, although what led me into university was being at a performing arts elementary school. And there I did a little bit of music and a little bit of theater and dance, and I always gravitated to dance. Mm -hmm. And so I did dance all through elementary school and then middle school. There wasn't dance classes, so my mom enrolled me into a dance studio after school. And then come high school, they did have dance classes. And I was like, can I please not do PE, like physical education, and just dance all high school? So I did that. (laughs) And then I found out I can declare dance as my major. So once I got into community college, it was getting a little sticky and I was questioning whether I wanted to continue it. I just all of a sudden didn't feel fulfilled with it anymore. But fortunately, the university that I transferred into, They had a postmodern somatic education. Um, It was very contemporary, even what I think is like avant-garde style of movement and embodiment. But it was there that was like the origin of my somatic education. And I feel like I got dipped into the deep end of embodiment. Mm. And then eventually, as I graduated and started doing online education, then it was like, oh, everyday embodiment for everyday people and just kind of trickling in the embodiment practices kind of in the shallow end of the pool. And so I feel like I kind of went through it backwards instead of people like being introduced little bits by little bits. And then, you know, they can kind of immerse themselves fully. But luckily I was immersed and I was, it just, I was hooked. Mm. Um, So, yeah. Oh, beautiful. And how do you feel that I mean, what do you do for your embodiment practice? Let's talk about a little bit about that. Like, what does your embodiment practice look like? Is it something that you do every day or, you know, for people that wouldn't really know how to sort of start with embodiment, what what do you do? Yeah, so really it comes down to intention. What is it that I wish to experience? And for example, something new that came into my life, I recently went on a trip to Hawaii. And so I'm going to get back into the practice. But before I left, I started doing pole dancing Mm. and it was something I'd never done before. And I've been wanting to, you know, one, 
feel a lot more physically active. And two, I wanted to tap into my sensuality. I'm actually working with a trauma coach right now, healing sexual trauma. And I'm in this phase of our journey where it's like I'm meeting my sensuality and I'm becoming curious with it. I'm wanting to play a little more. And so, yeah, I just got the urge to go there because with this phase of my life, because I'm healing in terms of, you know, sensuality and sexuality, I, my intention was to explore it more and be more comfortable with it. So as far as like, you know, a big practice like that, where I go to a class and it's an hour long, you know, and it's like a very big time designated space outside of my home, it can be something like that where that I do once a week. And it's very important to keep consistent because changing who we are and how we're being takes time. It takes Mm -hmm. a lot of time. And so it's really important to have a consistent practice yet, you know, sometimes, especially with motherhood, it's a bit challenging schedule wise to like, you know, do all of that. So another thing that I do that's really helpful for me is embodied meditation and that it can be anywhere from five minutes to 20 minutes a day. And, you know, there are days that I skip as well. And I'm also not super neurotic about it. I'm not like, I have to do it every single day. (laughs) I like to add the ebb and flow. And especially when life happens and it's like, okay, I'm going to make sure, you know, I do it on the weekends since I didn't get to it during the week. But anyway, body meditation is different from, let's say, modern meditation, where it tends to be very either visual, if it's like a guided meditation, or it's something that we tend to, or one can tend to, I don't want to say escape, but it's like they start to leave kind of the present moment of like the physical world in Mm. our 3D reality. And some people may end up wanting to escape and wanting to just leave out of this realm into some astral wherever, whoever knows. But embodied meditation is me continuing to come back when I'm lost in thought, or I'm finding myself floating out in the ethers mentally, then I come back into my body and get back in touch with what's happening here, my sensations, my emotions. That's, that's one practice that is a little more doable, easy to integrate into my everyday life. Mm. And of course, dance. Dance is something that Thankfully, because of my studies, it's like I can dance anywhere at any time, even without music, Mm. you know, and so and I don't need any extra props or any anything else other than my presence and my focus and my willingness to allow myself to feel into what is alive for me right now. And also to get curious as to what wishes to move through me, even if I don't fully understand what's here and it may feel complex. I just, I kind of trust my body to know what it needs to do. So yeah, sometimes I'll have like, okay, you know, have like a five, maybe 15 minute dance practice every day. And then some days I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to be more aware of how I'm moving through the hallway, Mm. you know, slow down my walk and maybe pay attention more to the water running across my hands when I'm doing the dishes. And even though some people may not see that as a dance, it's that presence 
that comes into, let's say, a dance performance that I can find throughout my everyday life. Mm, I love that. And so, yeah. It's beautiful. And I feel like there's so many things that you said there really resonate and I've found really useful on my healing journey as well because when I became a mother, my relationship with my body changed so much that I stopped moving my body. You know, I had a lot of chronic pain and I didn't want to be in my body anymore. And coming back home to the body and starting to move my body more has just been so healing for me, you know. And even when I'm doing a breathwork practice, my body, like I'm the person that's doing all these crazy moves everywhere all over the place in the breathwork session because it's like my body, I just allow it to take over and our bodies want to move. Our bodies, that's how we process energy, right? So a lot of our emotions, you know, our emotions are energy, they're energy in motion. So it really makes sense to me that moving your body doesn't have to be exercise or going to the gym or going to yoga class or whatever it may be. It can just be dancing on in the kitchen for 10 minutes to your favorite songs or your favorite healing songs. And I love what you said about that playfulness, like bringing that playfulness back into the life and this is something that I feel we definitely can lose as parents and as mothers, especially. It's like the dad does the playful stuff and the mothers are worrying and having all the responsibility and doing the, and this is just very generalized, but this is what I hear from a lot of the clients, you know, they've got the to-do list and they're the one that seems like they're responsible for everybody else which really sucks out that playfulness of the parenting because, you know, our kids want to be playful, right? So, yeah, tapping back into that playful energy within us and we can do that through movement, through dance. And I found that to be true on my journey, you know. So, yeah, definitely a lot of things that you said there sort of really resonate and I guess embodiment is that idea of getting back into the body and being led by that intuition that core desire not the desire of the mind which I find is more external yeah outward facing whereas when we come to the embodiment process it's got that more sort of inward and that more feminine kind of quality to it I think Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's beautiful when we get back in touch with our intuition, especially through our bodies, because I feel that the body is kind of like the antenna, mm. <laughs> the physical antenna that allows the channels, the, the insights to come through us, that there's a beautiful thing that happens where instead of the mind wanting to take control and essentially move the body as it thinks is best, the body is able to take the wheel and it starts to move and take the lead, the insights, the divine messages, the healing, everything that is meant in that moment 
starts to kind of reveal itself and then the mind can just receive it and mm. the mind it's like the mind takes a back seat and it receives and it's more of a servant to the intuition more of a servant to our higher selves and that's what's been really helpful for me to live more of a spirit-led life to be more aligned with my higher power and my highest self and my higher calling some things you know require the logic and the you know, the mind power. Mm. It's like the body, that's where I can come back to check back in with myself to say, Hey, is this still in alignment? Hey, you know, my body for some reason is saying no, even though my mind's trying to override and say yes, but it, you know, it's just like the body is also that sometimes a silent whisper. And then sometimes it's that big shrieking, painful, Hey, <laughs> you need to pay attention. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah yeah I love that and it's like when we do these practices it's almost like we stop trying to find the meaning of everything and we just allow it to be as it is you know it's like stepping out of that thinking of what does this mean or we've got to make it mean something you know where when we do these more embodiment practices it's more of this allowing and space um mm -hmm. yeah which I find so nourishing and like you said there's a space for the logic and I've definitely felt that to be helpful on my journey as well and that's why I bring both of these aspects into what I do because we need to understand things on an intellectual level and I do feel like it helps us connect the dots. And once we've done that, it's like then through the body is really that wisdom and that experience of actually what it feels like. And that the really the integration of everything that we know in our minds is through the felt experience, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see mm -hmm. that as like, there's two halves to that knowing where there's the conceptual mm -hmm. understanding of something. And sometimes, yeah. especially if we've been through coaching and mindset work, it's like, okay, I, I get what they're saying. But for some reason, I still feel confused, like it's not computing. <laughs> but with, you know, repetition, sometimes I need to hear things multiple times for it to finally settle and land in my body. And then eventually, it's that experienced embodied knowing that actually brings it full circle and completes that transition from knowledge to wisdom. I've heard so many times yeah. <laughs> and, you know, with different parts of my life, I've come to better understand and experience for myself. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So good. Like even in parenting, you know, for example, we know that we don't want to show our, our kids, for example. We know that that's not healthy for us and it's not healthy for them. So we know it on this intellectual level and we know that's not what we do, but we still can't stop doing it. <laughs> so it's like bridging that gap from, you know, like you say, the knowledge of like knowing, it's like that's the intelligence part to the practice which is the embodiment and the integration of like for it to actually make the shift and the change it's not enough 
just to know that we shouldn't shout at our kids or that we don't want to shout at our kids or whatever it is. It's not enough just to say that in the conscious mind, you know, there needs to be other steps that happen to actually um, bring it all together. Yeah, practice Mm. what they preach, as one can say. (laughs) Yeah, it's that it's just being that, right? Like or how people say, uh, be the change. Mm. Sometimes speaking and talking about it and sharing, sharing, sharing is unnecessary at times other than being that, that quality, that characteristics, the, that way of being. Mm. Sometimes kind of just lands, you know, it like sends the message much further and people may actually receive what that felt sensed way of being is like that they may not have experienced mm. if it was only talked about, yeah, you know, and not felt. Mm. Yeah. And there's yeah. something that I wanted to say too, that could be a very easy embodiment practice Yeah, that I like to do is doing the reminders. I have a habit tracker app. on my phone. So I'll put in um, and I'll say embodied check-in. So let's say five times a day, I put it at specific times. And so my phone will just, you know, vibrate and I look, oh, it's embodied check-in. And so I literally take no more than a minute to stop what I'm doing as much as I safely can. Mm -hmm. Putting if I'm driving and all of this, of course, for someone that's doing it for the first time, I'm like, don't do it when you're driving, but (laughs) taking a moment to Check in with yourself and your body of like, how am I feeling right now? What are the sensations that are happening? And just simply at first being with it and acknowledging it and saying, okay, this is what's here with me right now. This is how I feel. And then the minute is so important because sometimes within 30 seconds, it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to, now I'm going to focus on something else. And that extra 30 minutes, having that entire 30 seconds to a minute really allows that, again, starts to change the habit, build the skill to be with ourselves more and more and more incrementally and be able to check in. And as we start getting better at checking in, describing sensations, locating them in the body, all sorts of different ways that we can explain the qualities that are happening within us, then we can choose, okay, well, how do I wish to be? You know, I can accept how I am now, especially if like the urge or, you know, that kind of outburst of wanting to shout at our kids comes up, we start getting used to, oh, I'm feeling that tension in my chest again. Oh, Mm. I recognize it because I've checked in with myself so often that I can spot it. And then, okay, what do I actually want to happen? What would I rather have happened? And it's like, you know what, maybe I face away from my child. I take a deep breath, you know, just simple things like that. And that, my gosh, it sounds so simple and it may seem like not that big of a deal, but having those reminders and yeah, just the practice of it, it's kind of like, you know, lifting weights, you just get the reps in and before you know it, it starts to really shift how aware of ourselves we are moment to moment and yeah, I just felt really called to share that. Yeah. That's been helpful for me in terms of motherhood and like, okay, in terms of embodiment and kind of quick tools that I can pull out of my back pocket, having that little quick one minute practice throughout the day is so helpful. Yeah, I love that. And I think that 
what you said there is so important that we do it when we're not triggered. We do it as mm-hmm. a practice. So we do, you know, three times a day or five times a day and do put it on your phone because you won't remember. We don't remember things until they're created as a habit. So, you know, we have to do the alarm on our phone. So it reminds us because no matter how much you think that you're going to remember and you're going to do it, you're not. And you've got 101 other things to be focusing your attention on. So I think that that's really important is the putting the alarm on the phone. And like you said, it only has to be 30 seconds to a minute of just checking in and noticing how does my body feel in this moment that's it you don't need to make a meaning out of it or make an excuse or explain your thoughts or your feelings to anybody it's just a practice of noticing so that next time when your child triggers you or something at work triggers you you can start to notice your body because we've become disconnected right from our body and our feeling and we don't want to feel anything so we don't notice when we're about to explode and that's why we explode because we haven't got a space between the event and our reaction to the event where if we can create that little sacred pause that drops in and says stop drop into the body and notice how it feels, we can then choose something different. We then have created a little tiny space to say, okay, that's not how I want to respond in this moment. I, my body needs, and then moving forward, and that becomes a bit more of a deeper practice and something that you'd have to explore a little bit deeper than understanding what your body might need in that moment. But Yeah, I feel like that's a little gold nugget there because it's a really, like you say, easy way um, to start noticing your body and noticing how you're feeling and starting to create that space and that pause. Eventually, you know, you might notice before you actually explode instead of after and then having to do all the repairs that we do. Um, with the kids or whoever it is so yeah that's a beautiful practice so mamas get some alarms on your phone and start noticing how your body feels <laughs> yeah and I will just just to keep driving it home it, there's a difference between practice and application mm. having the practice having the designated space to explore it experience it hopefully have someone to ask questions about in relation to it. Um, But having the practice will start to, again, build the articulation and, you know, being able to get more specific with how we're feeling and where and all of that. Because when those heated moments or even times that we might be like at an appointment, just waiting around, and instead of scrolling on our phone, we might have an opportunity to apply the practice again to come back to ourselves. I've come to realize that sometimes, of course, when I started coming back to myself more and more, it was a bit hard because there were feelings that I was pushing off from Mm -hmm. feeling. And so I was allowing myself to breathe through it a little bit, maybe shed a tear every now and then. But also then there were, it gave me other opportunities to also feel the joy, to also feel the love 
you know? And so it's like, it just helped me be more comfortable with being with myself and all of the broad, beautiful spectrum of the human experience and our, all of our emotions. Because if we don't allow ourselves to have the capacity to feel the, you know, harder, more unpleasant emotions, then it also robs us of feeling the more beautiful bliss, you know, uh, moments of our lives. Mm, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put this. So each week with the podcast, I send out to an email to the people on my email list and they receive a healing hack of the week. So I will put this in with yours for the healing hack of the week. So if you're a listener and you would like to receive this healing hack straight to your inbox, then please head to the show notes and um, get yourself on the Healed in Motherhood podcast email list. And as I said, each week you'll receive the podcast episode and a healing hack that goes along with that episode. So this is a really great time to sign up and receive that from me and from us. (laughs) So thank you for that, Cynthia. Really appreciate the healing hack of the week. And yeah, what would you say has been, yeah, what's your been your biggest lesson from parenting or from motherhood or from your kids? There's a memory that comes to mind. It wasn't even that long ago. It was probably earlier this year. Got exactly what happened as to why I felt this deep need to do some inner child healing at my altar. But there was a moment where I realized that I was tending to my inner child. And by the end of the ceremony, there was this breakthrough moment where I realized that my inner child was feeling like a burden. And I realized how often I felt like a burden to my mother because of all the stress. And, you know, and even though I now better understand why she felt the way she did and behaved in certain ways and all of that, I realized that I was also viewing motherhood as a burden. And I was really making it so much harder than <laughs> than it mm. needed to be. Not to say it's not hard. It's just, you know, I, I noticed that I was having a really hard time and I was kind of fed up with myself. But it was that burden that I was carrying. And as I was tending to my inner child, there were so many moments where I realized that I was doing that for my Lily, my little girl. And how grateful I became for motherhood because I now have a physical manifestation of a daughter Mm -hmm. that I am like fully aware and in this life, like engaged with her and on a path of healing and addressing my own traumas and all of this to actually get to experience what it's like to mother myself, to mother a child so that I now know how to mother myself Mm. and what an amazing blessing motherhood has given me because it showed me the mother that I wish that I, I hesitate to say this because one thing I will say is I, I love my mom and I just want to like bow and give her a hug and say, Hey, like, even though we've had a really hard time, and sometimes still do that, like, I can still just hold her and forgive her and just be like, Hey, like, 
I understand from a trauma-informed and nervous system perspective, yeah. like I get it. I so get it. And also I realized that there were so many moments that I wished I had a mother in a certain way. You know, I wish that mm -hmm. she, there was a mother that would show up for me in a specific way. And so because I am growing myself to show up in that way, that now I'm also gifting myself and my inner child that the motherhood that I've always dreamed of. Mm. And so I just felt like that was, yeah, one of the greatest lessons and the burden, I truly felt like it, it released itself. I offered it up. I didn't have to hold it anymore because yeah. I, I'm just so blessed to mm. have this full blown manifestation of mm -hmm. what it's like to mother and be mothered. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's mm -hmm. so beautiful. I can really feel how sincere that is from your heart, you know, and yeah like you said such a beautiful gift and it it's hard to talk about our parents and to talk about what we'd wished we'd had or what we felt we didn't receive as children it's not always easy to share that with others um without feeling this sense of sort of guilt or like we're doing something wrong um but yeah, you just spoke that so beautifully. So thank you for sharing that with us. That was really beautiful and vulnerable. So thank you. Of course. So how can people work with you? How can people connect with you and get to know you a bit more? And yeah, how do we find you? Yeah, so I'm on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, they're at Embodied Ritual. Um, my website is also embodiedritual.com. And right now I am available to work one-on-one -on -one through embodied coaching. So, you know, whether you find it on my website or you go to the link in my bio, there's a link there that you can sign up for like, you know, a free connection call so we can touch base to see, you know, where they're at in their journey. And if working together is actually a really good fit. And yeah, yeah, those, that's the main spots there. Awesome. Cool. So I will put all of the details about you and how to contact you in the show notes as well. So people can receive that. And that's beautiful that you're doing the one-on-one -on -one embodied coaching sessions as well. And people can do this online as well. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it doesn't matter where you are in the world you can do this beautiful practice online um, as well, which I think is just, you know, it's amazing. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming and being here and sharing some of your story with us. I really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you, Alicia. This is such a pleasure. And, you know, as you know, this is something that I'm really opening myself up to this point of my motherhood. And it's, wow, this work is not to be taken lightly, you know, and I just really appreciate you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So if you enjoyed today's show, please reach out and let us know what was your biggest takeaway. Um, you can either slide in my DMs. I'm sure Cynthia won't mind if you slide in her DMs as well. Um, and just let us know what really resonated with you. And yeah. 
If you want to get on the email list, go down into the show notes and get yourself on the email list so you can receive those healing hacks straight into your inbox every week. Um, Thank you for being here with us and namaste. We'll see you all again next week.